You're listening to Kitchen Table Finance. Join Dave Shotwell and Nick Nauta as they cut through the complexity of financial planning and serve bites of investment advice that are both personal and practical. Hey Dave, how's it going today? Not bad, Nick. How are you? Fantastic. Beautiful Friday in Michigan. And um, we are actually, we are excited to have a special guest on today to talk about yes. um, leaving Michigan, which I don't know about <laughs> you, I don't like doing in the, at least in the, the next couple months, but eventually people do like to take trips outside of Michigan. And with everything going on with the pandemic and travel basically being shut down and then opening up and having some issues opening up, we thought it would be great to invite uh, Kim Barber from Globetrotter Travel on today just to kind of talk about what to look for in travel going forward and give us some tips on maybe some strategies for booking travel and all sorts of fun stuff. If there's uh, if there's one goal, it seems it like ties all of our clients together is that they all want to travel. So yes, that it's always is a good a, topic. It is. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is going to be great. So I guess I, our big first question is just you know what does the travel landscape look like as we kind of come out of the pandemic and as we reopen a little bit, you know, what does, what does that look like? And I know that you just came back from a trip, so you have first right. experience of, of what's field. going on too. Yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's pretty optimistic. I think that every day there's new announcements, countries are opening up or, or loosening up restrictions. Um, and I know the last two months, uh, May and June for Globetrotter travel have been record breaking. So I think that the demand is definitely there. I'm seeing a lot of lot of interest. Uh, trying to you know keep current on the announcements every day about which countries are opening up, and you know it is just constantly changing. But um, primarily for the good, I'm seeing um, a lot of places reopening. Um, airlines are adding more routes back into their schedules that were canceled um, last year when we kind of everything shut down. Yeah, it looks it's looking good. There are still some hoops to jump through, some testing requirements, you know, for different destinations. But as I just got back from a big international trip to a couple different countries last week. You know, if you're willing to jump through the hoops, the the rewards are there. You kind of get to have uh, some exclusivity mm-hmm. at some big tour sites that you probably wouldn't get to <laughs> otherwise. So Very cool. Speaking of some of the airlines, I've been hearing lately that there's some staff shortages and maybe canceling some flights. Is that something that right. you've experienced yes. or seen? Yeah, um, I have for sure. Um, And I actually work a little bit part-time here in Lansing at our local airport. And I know that we're having staffing issues on a a small local level as well. And one airline in particular, one of the major carriers over the last couple of weeks has been canceling quite a few flights. So there have been some issues with that. Hopefully, you know, those mainline, those big airline jobs are, are in demand enough that I hope that they'll be able to fill those positions. There are some nice perks that come along with working for airlines. So I'm hopeful that they'll they'll fill those positions and those routes will start filling back up. So the other question that I had as it relates to travel is like, how do you, so if let's say I want to go to a country, how do you get, is there good information out there to know that yeah, this where do country you is open? And what about like coming back? 
Right, <laughs> right. Um, yeah, absolutely. So um, the CDC is a good starting place for information. Um, travel.state.gov uh, has some good information. I will say, uh, obviously, I'm a little biased because I am, I mean, obviously wanting to be safe, <laughs> but I do think that it, you can travel safely currently. Uh, and so I take everything on the CDC and the travel.state.gov website, you know, with a little bit of a grain of salt, of salt, because for a long time now, most countries have been at a level four, do not travel. And, and for, you know, the main course of the shutdown during the pandemic, I definitely understood that. But I think some countries are lingering on there that really shouldn't still be there. So um, there are great they're great resources and there's a lot of really good information on those websites. Your your travel agent uh, would also be staying current on those daily announcements as well. So I think those are all really good sources of information. And then certainly, um, I mean, there's no shortage of information online. So if you have a specific destination that you're looking at, uh, there's probably been a, been a blog written about it recently from someone who has traveled there. So yeah, there's definitely, like even for my most recent trip to uh, Dubai and the Maldives last week, uh, I did, I looked at CDC, I looked at travel.state.gov, uh, but then I also uh, found a blog from someone who had been during the pandemic and, and found a lot of helpful tips on there as well. Is uh, is testing the norm right now still or, or, or not? Yeah, yeah, it really is. Even for, I mean, most countries, even for vaccinated travelers, they are still requiring uh, one negative test on entry. Um, it does vary okay. between if it's a PCR test or an antigen test. And then the other thing that sort of varies country to country is whether it's 48 hours prior to departure or 72 hours. So okay. those are kind of the, the specifics that you really need to pay attention to. I had someone learn that lesson the hard way, um, <laughs> taking an antigen test instead of a PCR test. So uh, those are kind of the specifics. You got to get into the nitty gritty for your different destinations. Uh, but yeah, but what I'm seeing is even vaccinated travelers, they're really still requiring a test. Wow. Okay. So um, let's say you get on the plane, but what happens if you... <laughs> get the virus or have a not a positive test on the way home what happens then right. I guess, sure. it, i'm sure it depends on the country but it does it very much depends on where you are and where you're going so I, I've luckily not had that situation happen to myself or any of my clients um, I know that uh, all the resorts for the most part in Mexico and the Caribbean where I'm sending a lot of people currently um, they have testing on site. And if you do test positive, the majority of them are offering the 14-day quarantine period free of charge uh, for mm. yourself and a companion. So mm. that's kind of been the running joke. Everybody kind of wants to test positive. Um, so they get that bonus two weeks, but it's really, it doesn't sound like it's really a bonus two weeks in paradise. I think you are pretty much locked into locked to your room. Um, yeah. I, I stayed at a resort last yeah. week in the Maldives and it was the same scenario, but the... Um, they had had a few people there who had tested positive and had to stay the extra two weeks and they put them up in an overwater bungalow. And I thought, well, this wouldn't in, be a terrible place <laughs> to be quarantined. But um, in, yeah, I think it just depends on, on where you in are. In the, uh, and the insurance like, world? And some insurance companies have come out with coverage that actually would cover that um, specific situation if you were to test positive and needed to stay in quarantine. So you have to make sure that that coverage is on your plan, but there is insurance out there 
there that does offer it now. Is that so on the insurance level, is that something that you're seeing a lot of people do or recommending that people? Yes, absolutely. I mean, I was always, you know, even pre-pandemic, I saw the best of the best and the worst of the worst. So I have always been of the mindset um, to, to get travel insurance like any other insurance. You hope you don't have to use it, but if you do, you're going to be glad you had it, right? So I've personally always carried an annual travel plan, insurance plan, because I travel so frequently. Uh, but even on bigger trips, I always write, especially international trips, uh, I always take out an additional policy just for that coverage. I haven't needed to use it very often, but a handful of times I have. So yes, now so more than ever, I do recommend travel insurance. You do have to read through your policy carefully or have an agent or somebody who can advise you because a lot of the insurance companies, as soon as COVID was declared a pandemic, will not cover any COVID-related cancellations. So you do have to know what you're buying, um, but there are still three or four... That, that come to mind that I work with companies that offer cancel for any reason coverage and they are still offering that. And I can't tell you how many of my clients have had to use that over the past year. And it has really, they've gotten everything back except the premium on the insurance policy. So I absolutely recommend uh, travel insurance, especially for international travel. Not, not quite what it used to be. Certainly kind of still coming back, it seems like from a lot of the... <laughs> For, from, for a lot of intents and purposes on what travel used to be and kind of where we're at right now. Absolutely. And like I said, you know, I mean, there are some extra hoops to jump through right now. It is not for the faint of heart. <laughs> um, it does, it can add, you know, travel can be stressful, even for someone like myself who travels so frequently. It, it can be a lot. It's, it can be stressful. And then to add all of these extra you know, very strict timelines on top of, you know, on top of the already existing timelines for making your flight and checking in and <laughs> all of those other yeah. things. It, it really can, it can be a lot. But that being said, you know, like last week in Abu Dhabi, I went and visited this mosque that normally would have been full of people and we had the place to ourselves. So, mm. I mean, the pictures of this beautiful mosque would have been, you know, fabulous no matter what. But the fact that there's not, you know, 500,000 other tourists in our photos is pretty cool. I, I don't think that would happen in a different time. So the rewards are there if you're, you know, if you're willing to jump through the hoops, but it, it can be a lot. Anything you saw changing for domestic travel right now? Is there any, any concern there? <laughs> Nothing too, too big. I mean, I, as of now, the mask mandate for airlines is still in place. And I, I, I mean, I obviously mm -hmm. don't know for sure, um, but I, I kind of see that staying in place for a little, for a little while, just because it really doesn't hurt the average person. It really doesn't. There's very few people that, that are hurt by wearing the mask. So I do think that the mask mandate will stay in place for a while. I think that um, airlines will continue to hand out hand sanitizer uh, as you board the plane for a while. But as far as requirements or, you know, a lot of people are asking me about, is there a vaccination requirement for domestic flights? And, and there has been nothing specific announced about that by any of the major right. carriers. So uh, really at this point, and, I, and honestly, I have a hard time seeing how they could enforce that without you know, seriously impacting their own um, bottom line. So um, at right. this point, I just think ultimately it's masks and hand sanitizer and, and that's kind of going to be the new normal for a while. 
Yeah, I'll probably get hate mail for this, but um, that's kind of one of those where I hope it doesn't go away because I know that I've gotten lots of nasty things on blades before, right. and that's probably gone way down with the number of people wearing masks and using hand sanitizer. You're absolutely right. I've always been that person who, you know, wiped down my tray table and everything yes. uh, when I boarded the plane. So, you know, I'm I'm not upset about it. Um, yeah. I have had to do some long flights wearing masks. I mean, it was 14 hours last week to Dubai. Uh, and, you know, it's not the most comfortable thing in the world, but uh, ultimately, I mean, you know, it, it made me feel a little bit more comfortable. So I, I'm all right with it. Yeah. So with travel kind of get picking back up and obviously limited number of flights and things like that, demand increasing, what are we seeing in terms of pricing and how do you see that playing out over the next six, 12 months? Yeah. I, like I said, I'm seeing a huge demand currently. Um, The last couple of months have been just booming. And so I think that airlines are seeing that as well. And they are starting to increase their routes again and bring some some of those canceled routes and flight back, back to their schedules. But that being said, you know, I I think there's this preconceived misconception that, oh, if I wait to the last minute, I'm going to get a great last minute deal. And that really has never been the case, or at least not in many, many years. I know there was a time when you could go to an airport and, you know, just say, I have a hundred bucks, where can I go? I think it's been a long time since that has happened. So, but even more so now, because everybody has been stuck at home for a year and people want to get out and about. um, And the And all these people have travel credits. There's people who have had to, you know, cancel trips two or three times. So there's all these credits that have to be used by a certain amount of time. And so the demand is there. And I think the demand is exceeding the supply currently. (laughs) So that being said, I think planning early is, is huge. But prices, I am seeing them increase pretty rapidly. I could send somebody a quote on Monday and by Wednesday or Thursday... I mean, travel prices are always fluctuating, but I'm seeing uh, increases of a thousand dollars, you know, wow. uh, which is which is higher than you would ever see in sort of normal circumstances. So definitely, I, I'm telling people if you can plan early, uh, definitely I, I would recommend it um, because you're going to get the best uh, choice of flights that are available, uh, and then the best pricing on the seats that are available because, like supply and demand, as the seats on the plane fill up, the price on the remaining seats increases. So definitely planning early is is key. So how far in advance would you say? Like a year, six months? Yeah. Um, so airfare, m- most airlines, Southwest is the exception to this. Um, most airlines release their schedules 11 months in advance of travel. So generally that's when flights become available. I I kind of, in my experience, the sweet spot is kind of between six and 10 months prior to travel. If you, if you book flights right away at 11 months when they become available, you might be paying a premium because all of the competitors' uh, flights aren't available yet. So I think six and 10 months is generally a good rule of thumb. Um, that's when contracts are negotiated for the following year. And, and then you kind of have the best choice of available options for flights and lodging and tours and all, all of the things that you would be looking for for your trip. So really, we're looking at planning for next year right now, kind of. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I'm doing a lot of uh, spring break uh, of next year for, for 2022 right now. I'm getting a lot of 
those requests. Um, so this is really the time um, because the other thing is, and I know I think probably Nick is aware of this because he's heard me talk about it, but the Lansing Airport has charter flights that go seasonally in the winter months. And, and that schedule just got released a few weeks ago. And those seats are very limited. Um, those seats, when they're gone, they're gone. And it's nice because in normal circumstances, you can only fly nonstop out of Lansing to Detroit, Chicago or Minneapolis, all of those exotic tropical destinations. Right. Um, and so, so the, uh, when those seasonal flights to Mexico and the Caribbean come up, they go pretty quickly because it's convenient out of Lansing. And of course, it's a little more exciting than Minneapolis or uh, Detroit is. So, um, so yeah, so, you know, the planning early is, is good because I'm seeing the seats on those and they've only been available for a couple of weeks. I'm seeing the numbers decrease pretty fast. Are you seeing any hesitancy? see from people about planning that far out when things are still so much in flux? That would be my big concern is to, you know, book it all and then have the uh, the uh, gamma variant of the virus sure. emerge and change everything. There are certainly some people who, who just aren't comfortable traveling at all right now. Um, and so I am seeing that from some people. I think that the people that have been, you know, like over the past year who have had to rebook a trip two or three times, they're finally just, I mean, and, and again, I think people being vaccinated has something to do with that as well. Right. I think that vaccination made it so people feel a bit more comfortable. So I am seeing some hesitation from the people who just aren't going to be comfortable. And, and that's fine. I would never try and encourage someone to travel right now if they're not comfortable with it. But for the most part, I mean, I had some people a year ago who were absolutely not going to travel until they were vaccinated. And now that that they're vaccinated, I'm seeing this huge uptick in requests. So, you know, a little bit of hesitation, but I think that vaccination, you know, um, that was that was what people needed to, um, for the most part, to start feeling comfortable traveling again. Any uh, any changes that you see that you think might be permanent changes that come out of this in the travel industry? Yeah, um, actually, one that I think is I'm hopeful that it will be permanent is, you know, airlines have really eased up on their change fees and cancellation fees. And I think, I don't know if it's going to be permanent, but I I mean, some airlines have announced that I think United was the last one to announce that they're doing away with change change fees permanently, which, you know, pre pre pandemic Southwest Airlines, um, they don't, they don't follow the rules, right? So they don't, they don't release their schedules 11 months in advance, like the other airlines do. But on the flip side of that, they never charge change fees or cancellation fees. So a lot of people are very loyal to Southwest Airlines for that reason. Yes. And I think that, um, as, as we sort of are exiting slowly the pandemic, the airlines that have done away with those cancellation and change fees, um, if, if they stay with that policy, if, they, if they're gone for good, I think that uh, they will be more competitive with airlines like Southwest who have always been really sort of easy to work with. So that is a change that I, I think is here to stay at least for a while that um, that is going to make my life a heck of a lot easier um, and, and really is, is, is in the best interest of uh, airline passengers, you know, as a yeah. whole. Yeah, that would be yeah. a welcome improvement for sure. Agreed. Yes. Yeah. I mean, because there, you know, pre-pandemic, there was no room for human error. And, you know, I mean, I've been doing this for 12 years. I'm I'm pretty good about not not having typos on names, but I am human. Occasionally it happens. And, uh, you know, to not have to fret about paying $200 out of my own pocket to, you know, 
fix an A instead of an E or whatever it is that I did, um, you know, that's that's going to save me a lot of heartache, uh, as well as the average person who's booking their flight, you know, on on the airline website yeah, themselves. Yeah. So, um, so I am hopeful that that's here to stay. So we've heard some rumblings of like a vaccine passport or yeah. having to be vaccinated to travel certain places. Um, what's your take on that? So as of yesterday, actually, the EU released a digital um, vaccine passport. That's not the actual name. What are they calling it? It's called a digital COVID-19 certificate, basically a vaccine passport. And so that is valid for anyone residing in or traveling through countries in the European Union. And so that's the first one on a large scale, like multi-country that has that sort of become available. Some other countries have done smaller like things on, on a local level, I suppose. There's talk about it in the U.S. Obviously, we've been hearing about it, but nothing has been... Um, released yet. Uh, I know that there's some states that have, have tried to do some things like that too. So I think that potentially it, it could happen in the future. And like, you know, for me, uh, having traveled internationally a few times during the pandemic, like last week going into Dubai, I had to fill out, they had an app and this whole um, questionnaire that I had to fill out and show a QR code when I landed. And so I think the concept is there and that's, it sounds kind of how I've read about the one in the uh, EU. It sounds like that's how it's going to work. You, you kind of fill out the questionnaire, you maybe upload your vaccination card and then you get this QR code. And that QR code basically makes you exempt from testing and quarantine requirements, again, within the EU for this one. So I think that it it, it will be coming. Um, it seems like it's not happening as quickly for us as, as it might be happening in Europe. But yeah, I think that that might be um, kind of the, the way of the future of travel. Very so interesting. It sounds to me like there's just a ton of stuff going on with travel. Are you seeing a lot more people that are trying to hire you as a travel agent as opposed to going on like Kayak or Expedia and booking their own <laughs> trips? <laughs> I, I honestly, I really am. Um, and actually, again, pre-pandemic, I, I was starting to see this shift. A lot of people assume that the majority of my clientele is older, you know, those people who maybe aren't as computer or internet savvy as as you know, sure. younger millennials or whatever it is. Um, but in reality, actually, even pre-pandemic, the majority of my clientele are on the younger side. They're just, they're kind of overwhelmed with the information that is available online. And there's some crazy statistics out there about, you know, the average consumer visits like, I don't know, 23 different websites and spends 40 hours before they commit to booking a trip or something like that. And um, if you're of the mindset that time is money, <laughs> um, that's yeah, kind right. of absurd. So, um, but <laughs> yeah. even, and then kind of add the pandemic on top of that. Um, I know a lot of people had really unfortunate situations with online travel agencies. A big online travel agency went out of business and left right. everybody kind of hanging. And and I got a lot of calls from people who had booked with those agencies, you know, saying, oh my gosh, can you help me? And I, I gave them advice, but unfortunately, as, as I was not the agent on record, there really wasn't a whole lot I could do. But, but you know, ha, ha, those people have said, okay, well, we've learned, lesson learned. <laughs> we'll be working with a, with a human mm -hmm. agent <laughs> in the future. So, um, and, and like I said, May and June, record-breaking sales months for us at Globetrotter Travel. So I am definitely seeing the demand and, I, and I've gotten a lot of new clients over the, the past few months. So I think that um, people see the value in, 
having a real live human to talk to and like, maybe not be putting put into a call queue where you're going to sit on hold for eight hours or whatever it is. So yeah, I do think that, you know, if, if we have to find a silver lining, uh, at least in the travel industry where everything came screeching to a halt last year, I think a silver lining will be that going forward. Um, I mean, obviously some positive change in the airline industry, but also that, you know, people ha- are really seeing the value of working with an agent. Yeah, sure. Uh, And I know you and I talked about this before, Kim, but um, I had to fire myself as our travel agent because (laughs) I am the guy that spent 40 hours looking for the (laughs) cheapest flight. I mean, that's a Dutch in me, but so there is a lot of value in having somebody that knows how to navigate everything that's going on with all those changes and saving you the time of trying to find the absolute cheapest flight. So I I would agree on that one. Well, this has been fantastic, Kim, and um, I'm glad glad you could join us today. As always, I learned a lot from you. And we actually also have you coming to do a webinar for us with a little bit more detail about what's going on in the travel industry. Um, So we are looking forward to that. That is on July 27th at four o'clock. So we will try to put a link in the show notes to the invite for that. And if you're on our mailing list, we will be um, sending that out to you. And if not, and you want to get on the mailing list, uh, shoot us an email at info at srbadvisors.com. And Kim, I'm assuming that you are open to people contacting you about travel questions or uh-huh. things of that nature. Absolutely. I would be happy to chat with anybody. Um, so I can, I know you've got my contact info. Do you want me to share it or... Yeah, if you want to give us your maybe your email address, and then I will make sure that we put um, your full contact info in the show notes and links to um, how to get a hold of you. Perfect. Yeah, my email address is my name, Kim Barber, at mymyglobetrottertravel.com. Uh, you can also contact us through the website at myglobetrottertravel.com. So I'd be happy to help answer any questions and uh, help uh, get some things on the books for people who have been cooped up for a little bit too long over the last year. Sounds fantastic. Dave, where are you going first? You've been, you've actually been so, on a couple travels last year, haven't you? Yeah, pretty short road trip kind of kind of things though. So uh, we did a road trip down to Virginia back in May and uh, just booked a fishing trip to Montana for my son and my father and myself here at the end of August. Gonna go, gonna go nice. waste some time on the Yellowstone. Very nice. That should be Very great. Cool. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, Kim, thank you. This was good information. Look forward to talking to you again in a few weeks. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm I'm uh, happy to be here and uh, excited to chat with you guys again later this month. Gather around and follow the Kitchen Table Finance Podcast to learn about money and simple ways you can invest right now. You can find more practical advice at srbadvisors.com and contact the team for personal planning by emailing info at srbadvisors.com. 